Welcome to It's a Shame. It's our podcast about shame. It's about shame. It's and various about, other things. It's about us. <laughs> it's about time. Um, welcome. We're glad you're joining us. Yeah. If you're here for the first time, hi. Glad you found us. Yeah. And if you're returning, of course, as always, thank you so much and we love you. Yeah, we love you so much. <laughs> no, like, you really have no idea. Like, uh, yeah, we love you. Mm-hmm. It warms our heart to see you as a number on our stats yeah. every week. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we check the stats, sometimes we don't. But the fact that you're there at all, it makes us keep going. So It's pretty great. Yeah, thank you for that, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, we're coming to you in the middle, smack dab in the middle of the season. Yep. Oh, by the way, I'm Lily Rogers. Oh, and I'm Danielle Nelson. So that's us. And yeah, Hi. we. this is our season three, mid season extravaganza yeah it's like the halftime show (laughs) it's like we're halfway through this i keep calling it the halftime show (laughs) because i'm like i don't know what yeah so uh we're midway through the season and we thought to break it up maybe today we would do something a little bit different i'm sure shame will come up because it always does pretty much yeah so i mean normally you know if, if this is your first time listening normally what we do is we chat a little bit but then we cover one topic that is intrinsically tied to sh- shame in some way at least in our minds and we can pretty much find a connection anywhere <laughs> but uh, <laughs> out it's not as hard as you'd like it to be yeah shame's kind of tied up in our, our daily makeup it's like right around the corner always it's just, it's just looming it's looming um but yeah so this time we're gonna do something a little bit different um and you know just stick around to see what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's a teaser. That was a <laughs> teaser, folks. If you want to know, you better keep on listening because we aren't giving you any more information. Stay tuned. Nope. Um, but we will give you brand new information. We will give you brand new information. <laughs> um, I think I should go first. Yeah. Because yeah, for please. once, I have one. I love it. That's like succinct and weird. And I read it somewhere and I'm like, this can't be true. And Ooh. it is. Oh, I always love that kind. This is a San Diego fact. Ooh, okay. And I think it, it it stuck with me because it epitomizes what is San Diego. Uh-huh. So people are like, it's a sleepy beach town, but it's also a military town. And it's like, it's a very dy- dynamic, complex, and boring place to live. <laughs> so here is the fact. So in San Diego, you can be fined if you leave your Christmas lights out past February 2nd. Say what? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. You can get a, it's, it's like, apparently it's an ordinance that if your Christmas lights are up past February 2nd and it's annoying the heck out of your neighbors, they can report you and you can get a $250 fine for leaving your Christmas lights up. Well, that just seems like a joy kill. What if you really love Christmas? Right? And I do, do they mean like up and on or just up? Oh, up and on. I'm sure. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm sure. Because uh-huh. I'm sure I know a lot of people just like let that shit hang loose all right. year and don't plug it in. But I think if you have them up and you're turning them on mm. and your neighbors are like, it's trashing up the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, that's my guess as to what it is. I don't know if it's like enforced. I don't. I, does I, it have to be specifically Christmas? It says Christmas lights, and since the dating on it is February 2nd, my guess would be that, let's say, for example, someone in, oh, I don't know, Rancho Santa Fe, or like, <laughs> is that a nice one? I don't know. I the don't ranchos? Know. One of the ranchos. Some of the, of the ranchos. What just are imagine the it's one of the nice ranchos. And okay. for those of you who are not San Diegans, just outside of San Diego, there's a cluster of different, like, rancho 
Santa Fe, Rancho. Is Rancho Mirage one? I have no idea. There's just a bunch of Bernardo. Oh, Rancho Bernardo. Yeah, there's some ranchos, and like some of them are like very nice and like fancy pants. Uh So anyway, imagine if you're in a fancy pants rancho, and um, (laughs) you leave your Christmas lights up. They can you can get a fine for it. They can report you and say, oh, it's February third, or if you're a real stickler, maybe on February second itself. But yeah, you can be fined if you leave your Christmas lights up and you turn them on. I wonder if we, yeah, oh, sorry, I'm, we have lights up and I, I'm wondering if this qualifies because, so we have a front porch, uh, Stephanie and I do, um, for those of you who don't know, Stephanie's my wife, um, and we live in a house with a front porch and we have like these LED strip like tape lights that are like really small Mm -hmm. but we have them kind of like bordering the inside of our porch overhang and they change color like you can have so many different colors um and we usually have on kind of this like warm amber color but we leave them on all the time because when it's like out there at night i think your neighbors are just cool because i had the same thought because i was like yeah i was like well what constitutes christmas lights yeah and i really do think that it it really does exemplify what San Diego is because there are probably neighborhoods where they're like they don't want to see even if it's like white lights on someone's porch like mm-hmm. we used to have that in an apartment when we first moved here we had like a cute little porch and like we hung um colored lights outside and they were like the the ones that were like the different colors not it's just so white friendly. I love that I do too I, you know and what I thought why I was like it's a military town is I was like mm-hmm. I love seeing Christmas lights after Christmas yeah in fact you know we had talked about when COVID first started that maybe we would put Christmas lights up. Spread because, that joy. Why not? Because people were out, like, yeah. walking around more than usual. And we were like, oh, maybe we'll put our Christmas lights up. Like, everybody's kind of at home. And Could you imagine if, like, Then we get a fine. Yeah, if the city of San Diego decided to fine people, they're like, mm, do not bring COVID joy. <laughs> anyway. If, you will get fined for this. Maybe you guys, if you're listening, you have your own weird, like town city ordinances about christmas lights um shout out to us um, yeah. and let us know but yeah that struck me as strange i wonder if it's one of those laws though that, you know how there's some like crazy laws that are still on the books just because nobody has decided to like enforce them or pay attention to them where it's like women can't wear pants on wednesdays in arkansas right you know? no like, <laughs> like apparently enforces it i don't know if this is still the case but in louisiana like they still go by like napoleonic code and apparently it's like technically still legal to have a duel there a what like a duel oh my god like a straight up gun (laughs) yeah wow yeah yeah so yes those outdated (laughs) but i'm like it's not that outdated it can't be like it's christmas lights yeah that's true i mean somebody decided to put that on the books at least at the invention of christmas it was a karen oh yeah it was a totally a karen it was she was just one of those rancho karens rancho karen Mm. and she's just like i don't like the look of these lights so trashy it christmas is past bring it down the neighborhood yeah Also, it's going to detract from my Easter decor when it comes out (laughs) next month. Easter decor. (laughs) I don't know Karen's life. I can only only imagine. I can only imagine. Well, that's... I don't like that law. I think, hey, whatever brings you joy, especially if it's fun lights, go for it. As long as they're not like lights that make noise or you're like playing Christmas carols in your yard... I don't give a shit. Seven. In fact, I'm <laughs> hey, folks who leave your Christmas lights out way too late, there's an area 
in Louisiana. Um, and I don't know, again, shout out at us if this is something that your town or city or community does. But um, in New Orleans, there is a tra- <laughs> there's a tradition if you have like a fake Christmas tree. There are certain people, especially in St. Bernard Parish is the area, uh, the city of Chalmette. People will leave their artificial trees up year round and they will decorate them like for For Easter, for Mardi Gras, for 4th of July. Like it's like a thing that happens. I am not mad at that. I live by a woman who did it. I love Christmas, but. It was delightful. I didn't mind it. I'm like to each their own. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, at a certain point we all just get bummed and depressed about the fact that every day is the same day and we're all going to die. And it's like whatever you can do to make it a little more magical, like. Go, Go for, for it. it. Although that does remind me when I was in high school, uh, there was this house that I lived near, um, I didn't live in the best part of town, um, that always looked like it was kind of on its last legs in terms of the, in terms of like the actual integrity of the structure of the house. Uh-huh. Like it was <laughs> sketchy at best. Be nervous to walk on the porch. <laughs> yeah, but people definitely lived there. Uh, because they put up a Christmas tree and you could see it in their window. It's in the back of their living room and they had like, you know, a window. That it faced. And, I mean, it was a real tree, which I love a real tree. Fake trees are not my thing. Well, hey, that's that's a good sign that someone's alive in the house. Exactly. You know? Yeah. They were living in there, which was, it is what it is. But. <laughs> because only ghosts can put up artificial <laughs> oh Christmas trees. Oh, my God. Trees. Now I really want it to be ghosts. <laughs> okay. Okay. I also love Lifetime, like, Christmas movies or the Netflix Christmas movies. So I'm going to write one about uh, a ghost who puts up a tree. Anyway. Sorry, total random tangent. But it has to be an artificial tree. Oh, no. No, I like the idea that ghosts can't interact with anything living. So it has to be like an artificial tree. tree. And then they can actually put it up. And so then if like kids are going by haunted houses and they're like, I don't know, I can't tell if it's a ghost. Like, is the tree real? Because ghosts can't interact with real Christmas trees. It's a telltale sign if it's not a real (laughs) tree. That's right. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Just just a detail for your script. Just consider it. (laughs) Okay, all right. I'll I'll keep that in my notes. Um, No, but anyway, so this house, they put up a real tree. And, which was exciting because I love Christmas. And then, you know, February did roll around and that tree was still up and kind of started to wonder. I was like, okay, well, you know, if it's still working, it's still working. And then it went into like March. And then. Does this story end in a fire? No. (laughs) No, it does not. So very surprisingly, because it's not like they were keeping the lights. Maybe they just died or something. Maybe they weren't living anymore. But that tree stayed up through at least half of the year. And I kind of feel like it's like the COVID tree. It's just you think it was going to be over at a certain point and then it just kept going. Yeah. And it starts to become the way that you measure time is through the Christmas tree. My friend and I, we used to like drive past it. Like she would come pick me up because I didn't drive when I was in high school. So she would come pick me up and we would like be going somewhere and she would just be like, is that tree still up? And then we started taking bets or like placing bets on like (laughs) how long. like your neighborhood landmark. (laughs) Turn left at the Christmas tree that's still up in July. It's very, very brown at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, but nobody finds them and I'm sure they were fine. Well, they probably didn't live in a rancho. <laughs> no, it was definitely not a rancho. Yeah, see, I think it's these rancho people. Yeah. They're the ones. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have any Karens where we lived, apparently. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> what about you? I'm sure um, your brain, your your brand new information is always, like, very informative. And, you know, I just had to, I was like, I have a fact. I, yeah, I, well, okay. So I have backstory for my brand new information. So I, um... 
recently uh, the second season of a show that I got into um, called Glow Up. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? I haven't, it's but really Netflix fun. says it's like a 97% match for me. You know how they oh, do yeah. that, how they show you, like, apparently it's a 97% match. Yeah, you might, I think you might like it. It's So it's a British reality show. Okay. Competition well, show. Uh-huh. Um, and it's all about, like, makeup artists, and so they compete with, like, these creative briefs every week cool. to, like, put together a look. Um I love it. So the second season just came out. So I started watching it and then I got super into it because I love makeup and all that shit. And so then actually you had given me a book because you know that I love makeup um, for oh, my yeah. birthday like a couple years ago or last year. Lisa. Um, Lisa Eldridge. Lisa She's Eldridge. She's one of my favorite yeah. makeup yeah. artists on YouTube. Um, it's called Face Paint. It's her first book. She might have another one out now. But uh, so anyway, because of Glow Up, I started reading it again. And I just, like, I love it so much because I love learning about the history of makeup. And then I got really fascinated by the chapter on mascara. Mm. Because mascara is, like, one of the first... Well, first of all, it's one of the first cosmetic things that people used, like, thousands of years ago. Like, some form of it. Oh, wow. Um, And so... But then it also became, like, one of the most popular, like, commercial makeup items. And so she kind of like goes into the history of it, and it's really, really fascinating. It makes an immediate difference. Yeah. I mean, that that is not surprising to me. Yeah, she's like, this is like a go-to purse item for most women to this day. Is yeah, like, it's, to feel like you have your face without. on. Exactly. Yeah. Like, mascara is like one of the things. Um, and yeah, so I was just reading a little bit about it. I was like, this is so like fun and amazing. And um, I, I learned about how Rimmel and Maybelline became sort of like the pioneers of like commercial mascara but have you seen like original mascara what it looked like Mm-mm. so it was you're called, like it's tar <laughs> kind of so it's called the spit and brush type of spit and i'm spit sorry spit and brush spit and brush yeah. okay so what it was it was like this cake of i think kind of like charcoal or coal like burnt coal or something like packed into this cake and then you would, like, wet it with, You'd like... you spit into it. You could. Or wet it some other way. Um, but it was... Uh, Immediately, like, you know, the kind of woman I was in 1920. Well, I mean, they called it spit and brush for a reason. I was so. like, look, it's right there on the label. Don't judge me. You gave me the suggestion. I don't have fresh water around. I don't know. <laughs> and they would, like, apply it with, like, a toothbrush-looking brush. Uh-huh. And, like, it wasn't for a really long time until, like, that wasn't the the method of putting on your mascara and I just I don't know for some reason I find it fascinating so then I learned about Maybelline because they were one of the first ones to do it and it was like I don't know some dude and he was of course capitalizing on a woman in his life so his sister Mabel well I've never heard a story like this before I know it's very shocking um yeah so his sister Mabel was putting on burnt cork I think this is how they used to do it, too. She, like, would burn cork uh-huh. and mix it with Vaseline and apply it to her lashes just to darken them. Damn, and Mabel he, got skills. I know, right? And he was like, there's got to be a better way. So he ended up, like, making this weird, like, cake thing. But, yeah, I don't know. I just went super deep on it, and I find it so fascinating that there was, like, all of these things, too, and that, like, it was already really popular in the theater because you know the theater pioneered so much of what sure. is happening in makeup and whatever and then so max factor who was the premier like theater makeup person mm-hmm. 
Um, he had his own one that preceded these spit and brush types, but his was like these like little like wedge things that you had to like cut pieces off and then melt them over flame. Oh God, there it's goes a my whole process, process, right? But so like it works on film and in the theater, but like it wasn't going to work for everyday women because it course. got super super clumpy. Yeah. Then I learned, so you know that Man Ray photo? Yes. Where it's, yeah, you know, immediately. Yeah, I can visualize like, the one. Close up on that woman's yeah. eyes with the weird, like, tear thing. Yeah. And her yeah, eyelashes yeah. have those little balls at the end of yes. them. I thought that that was, like, an artistic aesthetic, like, choice that he made. Yeah. That's just how that type of mascara went on. And so she oh was saying, God. like, no, that's, like, a really accurate depiction of what, like, a theater or a film actress's eyelashes at the time would have looked like because of this super waxy crazy mascara that is so insane i know right i can barely get away with wearing what it's like extreme waterproof mascara and i still like at some point will rub my eyes covid um <laughs> but i will still rub my eyes or like I, I laugh or something and i'll still sometimes get like a little debris i can't imagine mm-hmm. what my face would have looked like in the days of like now, just put some burnt charcoal on your face. <laughs> no, it would be right. like, oh, look, she's a Halloween ghost every day of the year. <laughs> well, yeah, because it used to be coal dust, ash, burnt cork. And then there was this other thing called, oh, God, it was called lamp something. I, I can't remember. But what they would do is they would, like... I was going to say lamplighter fluid, but that's probably not it. No, it was called lamp something. But it wasn't... It, they, they would just burn, like, a... Um, Oh, God, what do they call the thing that you put under a teacup? Uh, A tray. A saucer. (laughs) (laughs) So they would just, like, burn one of those over a flame, and it, like, created, like, blackness. Uh Uh-huh. No, because of the burnt ceramic or the whatever was on it or whatever, and then they would use the dust of that and put it on their eyes. Like, there's crazy things that people were doing and putting on their faces. Makeup. For what a so journey. Long. I know. I'm so fascinated by it. I'm so sorry that I I am too. This, like, this. no, you never have to apologize. <laughs> I mean, when I bought you the book, it came sealed, and it was one of those moments where I was like, Fuck. damn it. Because <laughs> I was like, I really wanted to look, and then I was like, I should get it. And then I, I've been meaning to borrow it from you because I do think that's really interesting. One time I bought, um, quick anecdote, um, I want to say Too Faced. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Make it, yeah, yeah, I think it was Too Faced. I bought a lip stain and it was so light. It was just so incredibly like, I couldn't believe it. They're like, and you can just do a couple layers and just paint it on. It almost had like a nail polish application brush almost mm-hmm. to make it as dark as you want. She was like, fun fact. One of the people that invented this was actually a burlesque dancer, and um, she worked in a topless situation, and to enhance the color of her nipples, she used this to brighten her areolas, Uh and then it was used for that for a long time. Sort of like Mac and a lot of these really cool companies that are founded by people. What made me think of it is you talking about the theater and using ways to enhance the features of the body. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I, I find the whole thing so fascinating and then how things have changed and how, like, you know, but mascara has just been one of those things that for, you know, thousands of years, people in and out of fashion, of course, but, like, have wanted to, like, darken and enhance their eyelashes. And, like, mm-hmm. I just find that such a fascinating, yeah. And part. now we're in this crazy, like, um, eyelash, eyelash extension, yeah. plus eyelashes. Like, it's super common that people Mm -hmm. are doing it um 
I, I, my, my mom, my mother-in-law is like a big fan. I have friends who've been doing it religiously for years. It's really an interesting trend. I, anything, um, that's not my own in my body, I have a tendency to fuss with. Mm. Like it's part of the reason, like even getting used to wearing a wedding ring was hard for me Mm. just because I sometimes just want to take everything off. Mm -hmm. And then occasionally I go through phases. Like right now I'm in a, a weird bracelet phase and I have like a bracelet I haven't taken off for a couple of days. But things like that, like I had my eyebrow pierced, for example, Mm -hmm. in college. And like I wound up taking it out because I was like, it just feels weird on me. Yeah. And I wonder if those eyelashes would be that way for me where I'd want to take them off and I couldn't and it would drive me crazy. Yeah. Because I like being able to take things out and off. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because she does talk too about how like even still to this day, like mascara and the eyelash sort of industry is constantly trying to one up itself and each other. And they're always trying to like find new technologies and new crazy brushes and new like, you know, like that tube mascara that we talked Mm -hmm. about before. Um, the one with the fibers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that stuff. You know how they like, you know, they keep doing it. But then like the more insane, like the waterproofs stay for 400 years mascara like then that's the shit I need the other products to take all that stuff off to kind of like yeah 100% you have to like turpentine or something (laughs) yeah no absolutely I have I have those mascaras that are like for like a nice occasion when I actually used to you know pre-covid even on a Saturday if I wanted to like jazz it up a little bit and just do like a heavy mascara look but then I had to buy the like super oily makeup remover that was just for when I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a successful brand new information. <laughs> so if much I ever have heard one, um, do you, do you, and we've teased it. Do you oh. want to introduce our, um, sure. Yeah. Topic. It was your idea that, yeah, Credit to you. It was a great idea. Oh, thanks. So, yeah. I don't, um, well, you know, because we were talking before, we're like, oh, we kind of want to do something a little bit, uh, you know, tone it down from some of the heavier topics, especially since it's the halftime show. Halftime show. Oh. Like sports reference. Halftime show. Um, <laughs> the know. last dance. It's infiltrating my brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you talk about that. Yeah, so that's a whole different. Uh huh. Um, but so yeah, we we wanted to do something that was like kind of you know fun and and still kind of on topic but so I was thinking about like oh we talked about like maybe like asking each other questions and then I remembered this list that I had seen um called 36 questions that lead to love um and if if I might interject yeah. quickly I was like you know some of my favorite podcast hosts like when they want to break it up they do like an AMA and mm-hmm. Lily and I were so tickled at the idea that anyone would have a question for us because all we do is just provide like too much information just about Just gratuitous facts left <laughs> and right. Yeah, we were like, nobody wants to know anything No one wants more. to know. So I like that that lead to love. Yeah. I like that detail. I was uh-huh. like, oh my God, are we going to fall in love tonight? Or we're going to make our audience love us. Yeah. And maybe you're going to fall in love with us and we'll fall in love with each other and we'll all be in love together. It will be fabulous. Yeah, but I just, I, I really like those sort of like speed dating questions and some of them are ridiculous and some of them actually lead to cool conversations so I was like oh yeah that might be kind of a fun thing so yeah you can find this list at um the New York Times it is I think a a modern love essay from 2015 Um, yeah it's like um they have like a podcast right and like a blog and yeah 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 yeah. okay but so if you just if you google it David Jones 36 questions that lead to love is the guy's name is it David Jones 
Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I really is... want it to be like Davy Jones. Thirty-six <laughs> questions about the. Yeah, he's the guy who wrote the article about this, and it's based on a Mandy Lynn Catron modern love essay. So that's the information that we have. Always coming at you with the hard facts. Always with the hard facts, the accurate facts, <laughs> well-prepared, well-researched. Yeah, always well-researched. We know everything about what we're talking about, 100%. <laughs> so in terms of deciding who should go first, I think we should Rochambeau for it because no one can see that, but then they can hear it. Okay. And then we can give the results. Are we just going to do one? One, two, Rochambeau, right? Okay. You're... Are you a one, two, three, then go, or are you a, like, Rochambeau <laughs> on the three? On the three. Me too. Okay. Anything else is baloney. Okay. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, I am scissors. She is rock. You will go first. Okay. Rock crushes so scissors. I'm asking first? Is that You're asking happening? first, yes. All right. So another thing about these questions is that I think that they get more intense as you go down the list. We're not going to do all 36, obviously, because we do not have the time for that unless you want to be here for four hours. So I'm going to start with one of the higher up on the list ones that's a little less gray. Okay. Um, it's gonna. It's interesting to me to see if we chose any of the same. Yeah. Do you want to know if we chose similar ones or should I just skip over it and pretend like everything's fine? No, I think that we should, I think that we should, I think we should say. Talk we, about it? Okay, okay, okay. Um, so uh, my first one, just because I think it's funny because you actually know a lot about me. But I'm asking this question as if we are, like, meeting for the first time, and we're just sitting across from one another. Mm -hmm. It's name three things that you and your partner appear to have in common. Oh, how fun. And see, and I didn't do that one because I kept thinking about being on a first date, and I was like, oh. <laughs> but this is actually like. So if we were on a first date, we were on a first me. date. No, 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 no. I, no, not. I meant like if I was on a first date, like that question to me would be like, we appear to have in common. Like, so we were both 20 minutes late. Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. Uh -huh. uh, so if you're sitting across from me right now, you have on a super cute. Um, dress that you've worn to the Mrs. Roper pub crawl. I know it personally, but if I didn't know it, I would be like, oh, you're into vintage fashion because it's kind of like a 60s number. It's It's got like a kimono kind of like architecture to it. It's got like a really pretty floral pink, green, black, white pattern. I'd be like, okay, we're you're into vintage fashion. Like, so am I. Yeah. Um, three things that like if we just met, mm -hmm. I would be like, oh, we both like to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting across from me with a headphone. No, I'm kidding. Um, I would, uh, what else would I notice about you? Um, I like uh, you viewers at home that are not there because they're listeners. Um, don't know that you have embraced a solid streak of silver in your hair mm -hmm. since COVID. Um, and it's, it's really dramatic. And I feel like if I saw that, I would be like, you're cool. Not that I'm cool and we have that in common, but I aspire. So I would be like, well, she's hanging with me, so maybe. I like um, it. Uh, I like that. And then also just based on our conversational style, which has always been the case, I think that we both are um, along for the ride in conversation. I think you and I both just like genuinely enjoy to see like where things are going to go. Mm -hmm. Um and that's true with people we meet for the first time together, even though we've known each other for many years. It's true. The two of us during our best conversation, it's just like we're just down for the ride of like 
interacting. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, we share that. It's one of the reasons we started a podcast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, cool. Yeah. Um, do, do you answer it for me or then is it my turn? I don't know. I think did we, we make just, rules? No, we didn't make rules. We can make them up as we go, which is what we do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this podcast. I don't know. I think that maybe we can, unless something like really strikes us, it's like, I would move really on like to answer this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause we've got so many. One. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, oh God. Now mine seems so dark by comparison. No, okay. no, no. It's good. We should. It should be that. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I figured you would. <laughs> that tracks, Lily. No, because I'm just like you. Like, that's very much in your wheelhouse. No. Again, like, I do too. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I figured you. Okay, so, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, this is going to be really dark. I, I, I But if I'm going to answer honestly, um, I cancer. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I mean, every yeah. single person in my family has either had cancer when they died or died of cancer. Uh, there isn't one person I can think of in my family tree who hasn't. So, mm-hmm. I I mean, if I don't end up in some sort of freak accident or something, it's that's, that's it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, which is why I should take care of myself better than I do probably. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm going to get the cancer anyway. <laughs> the cancer's a coming. The cancer's a coming. <laughs> I feel that though like there there very much is like um especially like when it's hereditary and you see things coming like before you mm-hmm. it's interesting because my answer is like similar like it's just complications from something right. like a cancer because that's everybody in my family has always been like it's it's complications or something but then they find the cancer right 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 you know, like, it's like a combination of a lot of things right yeah but also a cancer right like when my dad died for instance it was you know a lot of factors going on but they were also like oh my, he, he had some cancer. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that seems right. Because I also am really um, healthcare adverse because I have had so many bad experiences and mm-hmm. I hate, hate, hate going to the doctor and I will avoid it at all costs. So when I'm like, oh, there's a weird pain that hasn't been there before, I'm like, I'll just write it out. <laughs> just okay, write it should, out. We've had, this is a conversation we've had, we have had, which we will not make our, I will not subject our listeners to where I lecture you about the importance I of getting know. shit checked out. Um, but I, but, but you know what? I can't lecture you on it because I literally just asked you, do how do you think you're going to die? <laughs> <laughs> which sets you up to say cancer. And I go, when did you last have a mammogram? So that's not fair. I just and set you up. I know. I know. Well, we'll get there. Sure. So, okay. yeah, that was my super fun question. All right. Yeah. I mean, these aren't going to be all fun and games, folks. It's, it's, <laughs> it gets weird and dark. Um, my next one. Oh, I don't know if I should ask you this one or this one. Okay. I, I'm deciding between two right now because I have a lot on my list that I really want to get to. Basically, I want to ask you all of these. So um, let me let me let me see. I think this one. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? I looked at that one, and there were, it was so loaded, I was overwhelmed. 
So I'm actually kind of glad. No, no, no. But I'm kind of glad that you asked me that one. Okay. Because there's like a three component, right? It's like your, your, yourself, your life, the future, or anything else. So it's one of these. Yourself, your life, your future, or anything else. Anything else. I mean, crystal ball. Basically a crystal ball tells you something about something. What would you want to know? I don't want to know when I'm going to die. I'll tell you that right now. Because then I'm just going to perseverate on it. And I'm doing that already. For anybody to know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to know. I'm already anxious about it. I already know how I'm going to die. I don't want to yeah. know. Well, we know how you're going to die, and, and mine's going to be complications of some sort. So there's that. Right, um, right, right. Crystal ball. Crystal uh, can, ball. Can I, can I put a caveat on this? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry to do that. Can it be nothing Trump related? Like, we all want to know what's going to happen. When's he going to die? When the fuck's he going to get out of office? All that <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, a crystal ball. Wow. Um, and it's yeah, to tell you the truth about something. To tell me the truth about something. What do I really want to know the truth about? Hmm. It's about myself, the world. It can be about... Yourself, your life, the future, or anything else. Crystal ball. Um, okay, about truth. Um, it, maybe this is vague, but I'd like to know, like... If I keep doing what I'm doing and I stay on this trajectory, like, I'm going to make an impact, right? Like, Mm. am I going to make an impact? Mm -hmm. Because, like, if the answer is no, then, like, I need to mix it up. Yeah. Right? Like, I'd really like to know if, like, I'm just kind of spinning my wheels. And there's never any way to know, you know? Yeah, that's an excellent one. I think that, yeah. Like, am I going to do some shit? Because if not, like... I got to get mixing it up, right. you know? Yeah, because that's what you spend most of your life doing, right? It's like you want to make some sort of impact on the world. You want to do something. You want to leave something behind. And if what you're doing isn't serving that, then yeah. it's like, fuck, I don't got time for this. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, you, it gives you an opportunity to, like, restructure. Yeah. You know? So I'd like to know. Because you can't, you know, I, that's the whole crystal ball thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't read the future. So Do you have a specific type of impact or just an impact? Or, like, something in mind that you I would... have a feeling, like, in me, like, I, I, there are things, I don't, I don't want to get too specific, but, like, there are things that I would like to achieve, mm-hmm. and I would like to be able to help other people, and I can, like, we can take that off to, to bring you right back into your work day. I'm going to say we can take that offline. Um, but, like, yeah, that, I mean, there, I have very specific ideas about what I want to do, and I'd like to think I have a trajectory of where I'm going, and... It would be nice to know if I'm on the right yeah. path or not, or if because that could be really motivational and really comforting at the same time. Yeah, like if you are on the right track, then you're like, it's cool. going to put fire under your totally. ass for somebody to be like, yes, you are, keep going. And if they're like, if not, you're not with this, you get to cut your losses and be like, yeah, got to figure something else out. Got to figure something else out, which would be scary as fuck, but important to know. Yes, yeah, that's a great one. Um, let's see. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Where do I start? I know. That one's like, I know, I know. I mean, I can go the easy route, and of course, it would be travel the world, and I haven't done it because of money. Um, But I think in terms of, I mean, my my go-to answer, because it's the most, close to my heart is write a book and finish it and have it published. Yeah. And I haven't done that. I mean, I've written some, 
I've never finished editing them or like tried to shop them around or um, you know written one in in a long time. Um, it's fear. Yeah, I mean that, that's what holds me back, holds me back from a lot of things in my life. It's just fear of putting that out there, fear of rejection, fear of success, fear of like the unknown, the unknown. Um, and then also sometimes even <clears throat> the fear of writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, like unpacking the things that you just keep at bay. It's really easy to keep that stuff at bay. The second you start trying to write anything that has any amount of merit or truth, it's it can be really a soul journey that is yeah. t- fucking hard. And especially 100%. when like life's tough or when you're, you know, the older you get and all that stuff, it's just, it's, you come up against it and you're just like, this seems like an impossible task mm-hmm. um, for so many reasons. But yeah, I think that finishing, like finishing a full draft of a book and working closely with an editor who I trusted and admired and respected and like crafting it to its finale would be my ultimate. Yeah. I think that would be, I, I, yeah, I saw that as your answer and like, (laughs) I just, I think it's so in your future. I mean, not to like get out my crystal ball or anything. Um, (laughs) but, but no, I do. I think that like, that's something that I could easily see happening for you. Hmm. Easily, maybe not. <laughs> Happening, possibly. I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope so too. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. Where's my next question going to go? I, I think we will go to... Okay, complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share. Uh, I wish I had someone with whom I could share. <laughs> I My instinct was to say, like, even my darkest thoughts. I'm like, what a disservice <laughs> to my therapist. Um, I wish I had someone with whom I could share. That's a really good one. That's. I wish I had someone with whom I, I feel, I don't, it's hard to answer because I feel like every time I start to go somewhere, like I think of someone who's available to me, like I'm very hashtag blessed (laughs) that I have a lot of people in my life that are there for me. Um, um, I wish I had someone with whom I could share. What do I want to share? And I don't want it because here I'm trying to reframe it in my mind's eye, right? Because, like, the immediate thing is, like, I want to share, like, how down and out I am. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I want to mm-hmm. share, you know, like, this about myself. But, like, what about, like, the, the the good things? Like, I wish I had... Oh, okay, here we go. Then, yeah, I, I wish I had someone with whom I could share, um, with like, that I could offer support. Like, if they're in the helping profession of social work or some kind of, they're starting out mental health. Maybe they just got their graduate degree. Maybe they're finishing the degree. Like COVID is kind of crazy. And this was something I thought I was going to be doing like more, um, offering like, like professional guidance. Yeah. And like in my field, they call it supervision. And like, Mm -hmm. I was going to offer that. And like, 
um, COVID has just kind of made that like just something I had to put aside. Mm. But it is something like I really enjoy doing, especially now that I have like a little bit of an arm's length from that burned out feeling in the hospital anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it would be nice to be able to talk to maybe somebody who's just starting out in a hospital mm-hmm. and they're doing social work and being able, I wish I could share like tricks of the trade, like how to leave it at work, how to compartmentalize, like how to, cause I know that those people, especially right now are out there. So yeah, that's a really good question. Cause it's like, maybe that's something I should be actively seeking out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there are ways that you could find yeah, kind of ways to be helpful. Well, I, I do think about too, and it must be because I I have a few people, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> my throat is so dry. Um, There's rose for that. I know, right? Here, let me glug some. That's why these questions are coming so <laughs> fast, furious, fun, and. <laughs> it's the rose. It's the rose. <laughs> no, but I have a couple of colleagues with whom, like, I can kind of unpack things, Jamie being one of them, because we work together, your husband, Jamie. Um, and I feel like that is a really important thing, especially in jobs that are stressful. So it's interesting that, like, now that you're kind of on your own and working on your own and having your own practice, mm-hmm. like, kind of the absence of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a, I'm really lucky in the sense that I have a great therapist because a... A segment of what we've been doing, this wouldn't normally, I think, be the case because of COVID. Like, I've, I've been, I knew that I wanted some kind of mentor or somebody I could do supervision with when I went in, and that was a goal of mine. But obviously, things are kind of upside down right now. And so, in our sessions, sometimes, like, if I have a heavy case or if I really just kind of want to vent about, like, this isn't what I thought private practice would look like, she's been so supportive. Mm. And I feel really, really grateful that I have somebody in my life that like I feel like I can go to and be like I thought it would look like this and we're all going through this together and yeah right. so I I like I think maybe to be able to be that for somebody for somebody else well I mean like not to project on you or anything my own hopes and dreams but um, <laughs> I, I think we've talked about this for before but like possibly a book about your experiences or like yeah, when I'm, like, at my most kind of, like, maybe somebody would like to hear these. Let me dust off these old stories and see if anybody will sit around the campfire, you or know? just, you know, like, your general, like, knowledge and what you've gained and learned from doing what you're doing that could help somebody in, yeah. like, a mentorship way. Yeah, and, I mean, going back to the crystal ball question, I mean, that's something I, I, I think about down the road is like, would I want to write something like, mm. and if so, like it would obviously be something that I would be passionate enough about and felt knowledgeable enough about that I could actually go out, meet people, try to talk about it and make a difference. And right. I don't, I just don't know what that is yet. I mean, I have ideas, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, I mean, I, and the reason that I said that when I was like, I'm not to project my dreams on you and then I'm totally going to. Um, but the, <laughs> the reason that I said that, though, is just that I I feel like you're um, somebody who has a very different type of voice than what I see a lot, especially when I'm looking for therapists. Mm-hmm. And I think about people who get blown away by like that. 
you know, the books that go beyond, like, what to expect when you're expecting, you know, where, like, mm-hmm. pregnant women are like, why didn't people tell me this? Right, that, like, right, you right. Like, hate your baby for the first four minutes, and that's fine. You yeah. know, like... Four months. All of that, yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever. All of that stuff, I feel like you just have, like, such a, a good uh, insight into that kind of outside-the-box therapy and... Thanks. Empathy and thinking that, yeah, I can definitely see that as Thank something you. that you would excel in. Thank you. Yeah. Really, like that's nice because it's like I'm just in my head with all of it, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's I just hard want to be able to. Be. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, so is it my turn <laughs> yeah. to ask? Okay, okay, okay. Um, it's number twenty-five. Um, make. Three truths. Okay, it's. I have like because I copied it into my notes. Can you oh, read it for me? Yeah, make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling. Okay. Um. So, do you want to start? So we each have to do this. Okay. Three we statements. I'm not going to be good at that. Um. Do you want me to start? Yeah, because the we are both in this room feeling is like a really like nice one and my mind immediately goes to just like very literal things. Like we, we both like, have microphones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are both um, in this room drinking rose. <laughs> Actually, are you drinking? No. <laughs> uh, there you go. We are we are Come both in this on. room. Uh, okay, yeah. We um we are both should we do should we just do we are both statements? I don't know what a we statement is. Maybe I should we, look up what is a we statement. We. I think it's just like something we share. Oh, oh, okay. We're yeah. anxious people. Three true. We, yeah, we are so anxious that we can't answer this question. We are both anxious, but we are. We're both, we both suffer from anxiety. That's true. Um, we, um, <laughs> we sometimes have a tendency to want to take care of other people so much that we have difficulty being as honest as we like to be maybe no do you think yeah yeah I can see that yes as being a true statement yeah I don't know hmm taking care of other people yeah maybe yeah or being mindful of other people's emotions maybe or like or like or maybe we both Maybe we just both avoid confrontation. We both do that. We both have anxiety. We both avoid <laughs> confrontation. Um, let's see. We both love a good Q&A. We, apparently we do. Yes. Um, hmm. I think that we both value a lot of the same things. Okay, so that's, you know, let me get specific. Um Oh, I mean, okay, just in terms of this podcast and why we even started it, I think we both value, like, long, deep conversations mm-hmm. that lead to something. Yes. That unpack something that mm-hmm. aren't just having them for the sake of having them or aren't just conversation to fill the room with sounds. It's yeah. usually trying to... And I think that that will lead to another statement that I think that we both are very much in search of something almost constantly but don't quite always know exactly what that is i think that's yeah that's a really really fair statement yeah i think that 
part of the conversation thing is, you know, not to get too cliche with it, but it's almost like that whole, um, like there's something missing. Like we, I think we both always have that feeling that there's something missing. There's something missing Mm -hmm. and like uh, trying to fill it or, Hungry yeah. ghost, if you know. the hungry ghost. So let's go back to that. Oh, God. <laughs> Our old hungry ghost. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's part of that, something missing, but I think that there's also part of that that I think that we both have, there's work to do. There's something to do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something, like, I'm constantly, like, trying to work on myself and, like, figure out yeah how I get better at something and I feel Mm -hmm. like you do the same thing Mm -hmm. there's always just like there's questions to be asked there's something to 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 get at there's something there that there's more to explore there's more to explore yeah um which I think it is maybe why here's another true statement we both love to travel so much yes it's that trying to discover things and trying to learn more and trying to like just take in like new even like aesthetic and visceral experience Mm-hmm. Yes. Kind of that process. Absolutely. Was that three? I think we might have hit three. I think we did three. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. So then it's my turn to ask you. Okay. Um, I found this one interesting because I didn't know immediately what I would say. So I thought it might be interesting to like unpack and talk about. Okay. It's what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about. I have that one on my list too. I think it's a really interesting question. But I don't know how I would answer it. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, because I started, like, running through my brain of, like, what is too serious to be joked about. So can then I do two parts to it? Sure. What, if anything, for you personally is too serious to be joked about? Like, something personal to you is too serious to be joked about? And then what, if anything, like, in general, you feel like is too serious to be joked about? I feel like the... Some of the more outward-facing things that are more challenging, like, I actually would prefer that people do joke about. So, like, things Mm -hmm. like MS or, like, things like that, like, I would much rather joke about them than face them seriously. Mm -hmm. So, sometimes that question is tricky for me because humor is actually such a relief for me that, like... I don't know. But so so it's hard for me to think because I can think about things like uh, in terms of like the world around me where I'm like, it's hard for me to laugh about, mm-hmm. you know, like female genital mutilation. Right. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to laugh about, um, I mean, any number of things, yeah. you know, like the, but the, I'm just like, I, I'm not really ready to laugh about that mm-hmm. or able to. Um, but for myself, what is too serious? You know, I mean, if I'm totally honest, like. I sometimes me like Mm -hmm. just I take myself too seriously and then if I try to like like I mean I don't ribbit myself like hey you old so and so (laughs) you know like you're not Rodney Dangerfield I'm not I get no respect (laughs) I tell you I get no respect (laughs) um no I I just think like maybe it's um maybe it's just maybe Maybe I find it difficult to laugh at myself, like mm. the true vulnerabilities, like when it maybe it's when it's not performative, when it's not something where it's about like, like I, I referenced MS because it's like it's something that's very external mm-hmm. that I can joke about. And mm-hmm. I try to joke about myself, my insecurities, my flaws. But I um, 
sometimes I'm not even facing those honestly. So it, it's hard. So yeah. It's hard to even say what that would be for me. Like, would you ever want to sit through a roast? No, I couldn't hand. I mean, I'd like to think I would. Because, right. like, I just would love the idea of, like, people kind of, like... I like the idea of people laughing at me with me. Like, right. that is kind of funny. Like, it's actually, like, a breath of fresh air when somebody, like... Po- like um, kind of points out something that I've done that's kind of like funny or ridiculous right. and then I can laugh and I don't feel embarrassed and I'm just like there's freedom in that I don't know that I'm I don't know that I have like the ego strength like I might just be too sensitive because mm-hmm. I think if someone hit below the belt mm-hmm. and see and that's then there goes the question of well, what would hitting below the belt be and I don't even right. know what that would look like well I mean I've watched some of those roasts and some of those people are just so sharply observant and then can turn that into something funny but it's so deeply involved in who that person is and you can tell that they're like whoa that went in like that went that went in deep yeah even though it was fucking hilarious it it went in you know i think i mean if i'm honest about like the the question of kind of like the idea of the roast and what's too serious to be joked about I think that a lot of times something that women, not women, I would say people who use humor to deflect from painful things, part of what humor in those moments is, is trying to get to it before the other person in the form of a joke so that it's not painful. Right. And I feel like, so in that sense, I'm like, what if anything is too serious to be joked about as it relates to me? And it's like, I don't know yet because I'm always hopeful I'll beat you to the punch. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Yeah, I think that, like, we, we talked about this, I think, on the podcast before where uh, I have a hard time being silly. And I think yeah. that that's one of those things for me, too. Like, I, I have a hard time being, like, an object of, of humor. Not mm-hmm. that you, like, you could say anything about me and make fun of me for it, whatever, but, like, like a, an object of, like, ridiculous humor. Yeah. I would have a hard time with. Like, just kind of, like, um, I'm trying to think of something, like, a way to describe it aside from silly, like, um... Like, I would never want to become an internet meme. Oh, I see. Yes. Something, like, kind of, like, fruitless and kind of, like, um... I don't want to say pointless, but, like, um... Yeah, like, you caught me in a vulnerable, silly moment or whatever, and then it became, like, I don't know, an object of ridicule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like that. I mean, that's not too serious to be joked about, but... You wouldn't you wouldn't like it, though. Like, right. if, yeah. No, 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 that makes sense. Hmm. And what about... Do you think there's, like, a topic? Like a... Like a... Like a general topic? Mm-hmm. Um... Well, I'm with you kind of on the same lines of, like, I I really love humor, and I think it's a really great healing thing, and I think it's a really great way to observe the world around us and and make it less scary and insane. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm I'm just going to have the same answer that I think a lot of people would have is just that, like, if it's not something that you know anything about, don't try to joke on it on a personal level. I think that's really good advice. I think that's like a really sage way of looking at it because I think 
Yeah, because, you know, sometimes the best humor on topics that are difficult and challenging are the ones that, like, have that, like, whopping truth to them mm-hmm. where it's, like, you laugh because it's so true and there's almost pain and catharsis in it. Yeah. But when it's a mockery, it's just, like, for example, like, rape humor or, you know, humor about sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, it You know, sometimes you hear it done by people who are not survivors or don't have a certain relationship with it and or don't have an understanding right. and it does seem very like cavalier mm-hmm. as opposed to um I, I think of like sometimes like sarah silverman even sarah bernhard like people like people who have like gone through it workshopped it and are like trying to talk about it in a way that's like like takes the sting out but yeah. also kind of like allows people to process it in a way that isn't just pain. Right. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think that there are ways to do jokes about things that you haven't personally experienced for sure. It's just don't try to get in the club, if you will. You know what I I mean? mean? And, you know, I'll also just say it. Like, I really am... I have been rubbed the wrong way and probably will always be rubbed the wrong way by male comics who really make make jokes at the expense of women mm-hmm. and the pain and suffering that women have gone through through assault, rape, trauma, yeah. etc. And Absolutely. and they make jokes as a as a means to like diminish or ignore or you know it. Or just, like, jump on a topic that is, like, popular, even. Yeah. You know, because trends happen in comedy, too. And sure. so, like, a lot of comics will be talking about the same thing, and then, like, some people want to, like, jump in on it, and it's like, hey, no, 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 this is mm-hmm. not for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not your area of expertise. Right. Or if you're going to try to jump into this realm, be fucking smart about it, and don't try to make yourself involved. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're kind of like giving a, um, like a commencement speech to a comedy club right now. <laughs> but but on that note, I'm also yeah. like, you know, yeah, be experimental, try new topics, try it out, but ask yourself in the end, like, what's the end goal? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what is the true end and payoff? If you're going to take something taboo, if you're going to take something painful, like, what what is the end goal of the joke right not just the laugh like what what's the kind of um the is it pathos is that the right word like the yeah that you kind of like want to convey yeah 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 i mean and there's some comics who just aren't good at that and then some that are and yeah. i don't know now i feel like i've talked way too much about comedians because that's also not a realm <laughs> mine either suddenly like, i'm an expert yeah, that's why I'm like suddenly we're like comedians, pay attention. We know everything. We've done zero comedy in our lives and we'd like to talk we to you. We'd love to tell you about your job. We'd like to, as two people telling people how to do their jobs who haven't done their jobs, we'd like to tell you. It's like we're like, hey, guess what? Do your research, know your shit, and then we're like, we know nothing, we know nothing. about the thing that we're lecturing you about. All right, um, so, so moving on. Um, you know, I, that was, number 32 was my max. Oh, all right. Do you have anything past 32? Um, I don't know. Where are we at on time? Should we keep going for one more? Yeah, I think we've got time for one more. 
Okay, let's see if I can find a good one. Oh no, that one's so dark to end on. Let's not pick that. Uh, no, 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 no. What's the very last question? Do you remember the very last question? I don't. Surprise me. All right. <laughs> it's also kind of like, oh, 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 share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. So this is like a first date make you fall in love with me kind of question. Apparently. And this is the big one. This is the f I mean, they should, if, if you nail this one, folks, and you're on a first date, y'all are either best friends, you need to elope, you might be siblings that are separated at birth, <laughs> I mean. You might be secretly related. I don't know, That that's just some <laughs> next level shit. Okay, so I share a personal problem with yep. you. Mm-hmm. And, and then, ask how I would handle it. And then I ask how you would handle it. Yeah. Okay. Um, a personal problem. <sighs> Where do I start? No, so my uh, personal problem is that I'm going to pour more wine and it's going to make sounds. Okay, I'm also going to pour wine and it's going to make sounds. So, I mean, this is a wine up kind of question. Yeah, it is. Because I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a personal problem that I have that I'm like, that I haven't been completely disassociating from. Huh. Um, like that I would be in. Well, then go super light with it. Okay. Um... <laughs> That's a best friend for you. And she's like, come at me with a personal problem. I'm like, I'm trying to avoid them. She's like, then go light with it. Okay, a uh, personal problem. Um, I'm preparing to uh, go home to New Orleans for a little bit. Um, and I am... Uh, I have this interesting dynamic with my family where, you know, my mom and I, single mom, super close, and then my sister and I, about seven years apart in age, as you know, all this stuff. So to the personal problem, a little context for the listener. <laughs> um, I feel like COVID and this presidency and everything has aged me, and I feel like being inside with COVID has like made me kind of a slobby version of myself. Like I don't own anything like, and even if I try to go online and like shop or I'm like, oh, like I should like spice up my repertoire. I'm like, <laughs> so, so what, I can sit inside and sweat some more? I'm going to New Orleans in September, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, this person, the personal problem I've been having is like, I feel like in the past, cause I, I haven't been traveling, I haven't been doing anything, but if this were a normal trip, I would get some things that made me feel good. Mm -hmm. I would get some things that like made me kind of feel like confident, clothing wise, whatever. Um, and I'm just kind of struggling with the whole concept of like going home. I'm not going to see anyone, but also like feeling like a really slobby, hmm more robust physical <laughs> physically you know physically i'm a little more robust i've got the the covid i don't know i'm not even going to quantify it some people say five some people say 15 mm -hmm. some people say stop counting and judging me fuck you um <laughs> so yeah like i mean i've got that going on and i'm just hmm. you know it's weird because like going home is in some some ways like more anxiety um inducing than like going away for a weekend with the girls right yeah hmm okay so I put myself in the hot seat on this question too which I did not think about and the fact that I have to give you some <laughs> advice now um 
I think that my advice with that would just be, I mean, kind of the standard cliche ones right now, like be kind to yourself, do things sure. that make you feel good, all of that stuff. But when it comes down to it, I think I would also do kind of what we talk about a lot is like spend more time with people who make you feel like affirmed online, like your mm-hmm. your people who are like, fuck yes, they make me feel strong because they're living their life without fucks. Yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, maybe watch the Cardi B uh, WAP video a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of us can do the splits, which is just really unfortunate. I, feel like I need <laughs> practice. I really need to practice. So it actually might not make you feel better because they're fucking queens. But at the same time, just like uh, I would say, like things that hype you up, things that make you feel empowered. Um, Things that make me feel myself. Things that make you feel yourself. And I would definitely pack those things with you on this trip and and kind of have them around as reminders. Like, you know, you're not going to be at your own home, so you're not going to go back to, like, your personal zone of, like, your comfort stuff. So I would definitely take, like, a token or something that makes you feel very much like your home and that you go to when you're at home that's like I love this thing like whether it's something by your bed or like something in your bathroom or like a beauty product or like I know you're not a candle person it's but like a like grounding thing something grounding yeah where you're like this is me this is I'm at home now I'm back here like I'm in my space where I feel like loved and empowered and important and you know because that all that stuff that's going to be creeping into your brain you're not going to be able to make go away yeah so just to be able to find a way to say that's going to be there but when i go back to this space that i'm making my temporary home like there's there's a power uh token here what's the other word for that not a token um like a tool or like, like a, a uh, like crystals that people have or whatever um magic no no no. (laughs) (laughs) i know what you mean it's like a um it's like a touchstone yeah something like that yeah it's like your keeps you grounded in this in a in a mental space that you like decide has that power and energy and it's for you it's something like that you can be meditative with i mean i know that that sounds hokey and kind of strange but like i think that there is something good about like especially when you're away from like your the house that you've built or your creature comforts because those little things do that for you all the time yeah and sometimes so it's you're like not if even you aware can have it. like a representation of that or of anything that just sort of makes you feel like you're in your own agency zone no i like that you know yeah that's my advice no it's really good advice and also, like, what is it with, like, sometimes when you haven't seen your family for a while, like, the kind of, like, anxiety of preparation before family that you sometimes don't even have with friends? Do you ever experience yeah. that? Like, before you go back to see your family or, like, I don't, I don't... Yeah. I don't know how to put it. It's a different kind of jitters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, family's so fraught, right? So it has a lot has a lot there's just a lot there there's just a lot yeah yeah and they've seen you through like so many different times and like maybe I don't know maybe that's another thing though too uh I would ask like is there some standard that you're holding yourself to where like always Lily but but, (laughs) but I mean like with your family in general like there like there was a time or like a place where it like you felt like I am at my best and I don't, 
I don't need to feel worried about being around my family right now? Or is there some zone no, where you I felt like I'm... you're most powerful with your family? Or like, yeah, is, the, is there something that you're comparing yourself to right now where you're like, why am I not in No, that I think it's just like a weird, and like, I'm glad you're saying, like we talked about like the idea of grounding because I feel like, I feel like part of the thing is like this feeling of transience. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I'm like, in this kind of like COVID transient space. Like Mm. I'm in between things. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Like we've talked a little bit about this, like just personally, like even the way that we're living, the things that we're wearing, the day to day, the kind of like, you know, it's just, it's, I don't feel myself. And so the interesting thing is part of the, the pull for me to return home for a little while is New Orleans does seem to ground me. So I'm hoping I'll get there and yeah. I'll be like, cha-cha. But, um, <laughs> but I also like the idea of bringing like some kind of grounding item that's like from my house. And it's also can be a reminder that like I get to go back home. I can, yeah. I can click my heels. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, this isn't permanent. I built a life here as well. But yeah, right. it's really good. Thank you. That's my advice. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, I guess I guess that's the end of our our questions. Can I ask you the same question? Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So what is it? Share a personal problem. Um, it's only fair. <laughs> um, it's taking me a second to think of a personal problem that I want to ask your advice about. Um, like, I feel like we already know so many. You know, like even yeah. the one we just yeah. Mm. I was going to say, even the one we just talked about, I kind of already vented to you about, like, before we even podcasted. Yeah. Like, it's hard because I feel like, hopefully I know your personal, not hopefully, hopefully I know your personal (laughs) thoughts, but, like, maybe I do, maybe I don't. Yeah, I don't, oh, God, um, a personal problem, I, yeah, um, okay, here's one that's, like, it's not. It's not going too personal because, like, you already know all that stuff. Um, I think I'm feeling really, like, to piggyback on a couple of episodes ago, um, angry and stuck professionally. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really knowing what to do with that because I feel a couple of things right now. I feel like... I should feel really lucky that I even have a job still because so many people are unemployed and so many people are going to continue to get laid off and and our economy is going to take such a nosedive and it's fucking terrifying. So I feel like really lucky to still have a job, but then I also just feel like with all the other soulless or soul-sucking things that are going on in the world right now, having a job that sucks out your soul is also very difficult. And I just feel like I'm, I feel stuck mm-hmm. because I, I don't, I'm kind of afraid to leave my job. And then also I'm still, I, I feel grateful to have it. It's like all these weird conflicting emotions about it. And some days I actually really like it and some days it's yeah. fine. But then some days I'm just like, I need to be somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I think you just said it in terms of like needing to be somewhere else. Like if you can find a way to like lean in to the ambivalence that where you're just like, you know what? Some days it's really good Mm -hmm. and some days it's shitty Mm -hmm. and then compartmentalize and cut it off. 
Because if you can become ambivalent, you can like allow yourself to be like, some days it's going to be fucking hell on earth. Mm -hmm. And then other days it's going to be like, okay, like I kind of like this thing and I'm going to feel stuck because I feel stuck generally. Right. Right now. And then the, the piece I think that might be really good for you is to compartmentalize. And maybe when you compartmentalize, you focus on something that really makes you feel good. Maybe mm-hmm. it's writing. Maybe it's using that same energy that you would have put toward work, towards something that serves you specifically as opposed to, you know, because it can feel yeah. really f- shitty when you, like, give a lot of your energy to an entity that gives, like, zero fucks mm-hmm. or, like, 0.75 fucks about mm-hmm. you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that's something that I struggle with a lot is just because I have this weird, I, I wouldn't even call it, I mean, I do have perfectionism, but I wouldn't call it that within my work. I just have this inability to not care and mm-hmm. not do like the best possible job that I can do. And sometimes that leads, leaves me very spent because the people who I work for don't care about that level of excellence like they don't they don't like they don't care that I perfectly research and edit something they don't give a fuck about that they're just like I don't know just send it off like nobody cares if this is like perfectly accurate or if like you know there's no dangling modifiers or if you know you never used passive voice like nobody gives a shit about that stuff right but you do but I do and I can't not and I think that that's something that like it would be very helpful for me to like transfer all of that passion into something that is mine. And it serves you. And serves me, yeah. Because, and then maybe it would be able, I would be able, I don't know, I say that, but I probably wouldn't be. My hope is that I would be able to let go of some of that and just like, fine, I will turn you in would. a drivel that you're asking for. I, You would, and it wouldn't even be that you'd be like, I'm turning in the drivel because you have a great work ethic. You're not going to do that. But I feel like what would happen is that, you're going to feel fulfilled. The problem is you're giving them all of that fucking energy and they aren't giving you shit. So then at the end of the day, you're just going anywhere. It's not going anywhere else. Whereas if it's, if the energy is serving you, then at least, you know, you've got that. Yeah. And you're your greatest investment. They just pay your checks. (laughs) That's a really good thing to say. And I, I, I would love to be able to internalize that. And, um, and believe in that, and I would love for our listeners to believe in that, too. Like, you're your greatest investment. That's a very powerful statement. Yeah, well, it's true. Like, it's a, some of those things you can never really strip away from yourself, like, you know, occupational hazard, but I think everyone should be in therapy. And yeah. then the other thing is, like, you know, education. And that doesn't mean, when I say that, I don't mean, like, a college degree. I just mean, like, maybe you're reading more on a topic you enjoy. Maybe you're becoming more well-versed in something that you wished you understood. Like, education whether it's about yourself or the world people can't take that away from you yeah so like investing in yourself is always so wise and it's it's really hard though for a lot of us because it doesn't come naturally and it feels selfish sometimes it sure does yeah yeah and it's but at the end of the day it's not because it's like it's a good coping skill and yeah it's valuable to have well, and then I think it just makes you a better, more empathetic person. And then you're putting that energy into the world. And then it's all kind of that cycle, right? Like, yeah. It definitely is. And I notice, like, when you're, when we're all feeling good, we're making other people feel good mm-hmm. around us. And that's yeah. not selfish. That's Mm-mm. the ultimate 
goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> that we all help each other out and make each other feel better. Yes. Anyhow. So on that note, we hope that we've made you feel better. Did you better fall by in love with today. me? I totally did. I fell in love with you. Listen, dear listener, did you fall in love with us? <laughs> it doesn't um, even take 36 questions. Turns I know. Out. You know, all jokes aside, um, no, they are. They're really excellent questions. Yeah. And I could see if you made it to tier three and that was your final question. And like you really, I mean, that was that was super fun. It's a good suggestion. Yeah. Um Thank you for hanging out during the halftime show. Yeah, our big halftime show. I wish you could see the fireworks that are going off right now. I know. I wish you could see my Man Ray eyeliner or <laughs> mascara, whatever it was. That we're both wearing very thick mascara so right now. thick. I spit into tar, and then I put it on my face. And it's and never coming off. Never. These eyelashes are forever. <laughs> maybe it's tar. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Um, yeah, so thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Um, as always, you, you can find us online. You sure can. You can find us on the socials at shamepod. Or email us, shamepod at gmail.com. Let us know about the Christmas, Christmas light legislation in oh, your yeah. area. Oh. Or, yeah, or what you thought of these questions. Or maybe you'd like to share a problem. Yeah. That you have a personal problem. Or ask us one of the 36 we did not get to. Yeah. Happy to answer them. Or ask yourself. <laughs> yeah. Or ask yourself every single question. <laughs> Fall in love with yourself tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll be back. Uh, we'll see you in a week. We'll yeah, see you, we'll see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye.